This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. What an eventful week to reflect on. Despite an undefeated start to 2023 and progression into the fourth round of the FA Cup, a large part of the fan base are still not happy. We talk about the games against Leeds and Brentford, the sad passing of David Gold, and put the gloves on over David Moyes before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreon to the West Ham Way. A busy, busy week for West Ham, and one that started with the sad passing of Chairman David Gold. How did you feel when you heard the news? Uh, yeah, I was really sad, mate, because obviously, you know, it's always sad when you hear of anyone passing, but particularly someone that you know is like well loved and has a family and children and grandkids and, and so on. And, and of course, someone that you had the, the pleasure to meet. Now, obviously, you were there one of the, the main time I met him and when he re- recorded the podcast with us. And I thought when he, from the minute he got there, he was, you know, very friendly, very welcoming, very humble, very funny. You know, lots of traits that um, you would want in someone he had. And I think he was, you know, he's just a really a nice man. He cared about West Ham. And then a second occasion, I met him with my two daughters um, and it was after we'd done the podcast. So I wasn't, you know, when he meets so many people every single day, like, I didn't think he'd remember me. But obviously I, I said, you you did a podcast with me. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I remember it. How are you doing? And he actually remembered what my job was at the time and what um, a few little bits and pieces about me. And I think that's always nice when someone that you don't expect to remember he does. I can remember particular things as well. And he was great with my daughters, took photos with both of them and was you know, really chatting and friendly to them and um, I just think yeah sad really nice guy now you know people criticise him didn't like what he did at West Ham and he had a lot of critics over the years but you couldn't take away that whilst he might not have agreed with his decisions he did genuinely care and support West Ham and you know it's a sad day when he when he moves on and um, I think his shares are in good hands but I still think it you know of course it's sad I don't I mean he's been quite ill for quite a while now you know I've, I've known as you knew like I sort of mentioned it to you before it happened I don't think it's long yet long to happen and and it's been and he's been quite ill for about a month well no before before Christmas so yeah maybe two months and I think it was kind of expected so I kind of knew it was going to happen but it doesn't doesn't make it any easier um, and I just um, but yeah just send my best wishes to his family and friends 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think, I think you know, it can't be overlooked that at the time when he came on the podcast, and, and we, we've spoke about this on Patreon, that it was a very difficult time for West Ham. And he didn't get pressured into coming onto the podcast. He proactively went out of his way to come on the show to address West Ham fans directly. And he didn't have to do that. No, no. one was asking him to do it, but he did it because he cared. He did it because he wanted to provide his own people with some um, assurance that better times were coming. And and I respected him for that. And I personally only met him the once, and it was um, when we'd done the podcast with him. And I just thought, I don't know. I, I, it was obvious he was a gentleman, and he had a lovely warmth about him, a bit like a granddad. I think we both agreed on that, X, after we recorded mm-hmm. with him. He had that kind of aura of that lovely sort of granddad. You almost wanted to go and sit on his knee and have a word of his original, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah. from memory, at one point, you did, X, uh, looking yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, a really nice man who found success from nothing, really, and uh, eventually had the privilege of owning his football club that he adored, clearly adored, and his love for West Ham absolutely radiated from him, and uh, our thoughts are with his friends and family at this difficult time. Mm. Let's cheer ourselves up and talk about West Ham, shall we? Oh, gosh, <laughs> I never <laughs> said that in a while. <laughs> Do you know what? It's a weird one, though, isn't it? Because on paper, we've actually had a decent week. I mean, it, yeah. it was a good point at Ellen Road, and we followed that up with a win away at Brentford, yet the fans are still not happy. Can you see why? Um... The result against Brentford, uh, the performance, the first half really was poor. The, the performance against Brentford was poor. Second half was a lot better, particularly when um, Ben Rama came on. And, and I think perhaps the first half, you know, the performance, maybe that's what makes people negative about it. Leeds game, again, there was periods where they did dominate, but then there was periods where we dominated as well. Unfortunately, I, I do believe that football fans are so stubborn with their opinions that rather rather than think okay yeah maybe he's turning it around now maybe maybe we've got a chance of you know perhaps getting back to where we were before this bad run they'd rather just go oh well this was shit this was shit in order to not be proven wrong and i think that is probably the case with quite a few people and also that the performances haven't been that convincing but let's be honest it's a results-based business particularly in the situation we're in and the only way you're going to turn things around is by getting results. I'd much rather we got a result against Brentford and played poorly than played brilliantly and lost. So ultimately, this is the platform now to build on and we've got to take it on from there and, and make sure that the form does turn and continues for a prolonged period. I, I've seen enough from those two games to think this can turn around. Yes, I'm not 100% convinced, but enough to feel positive about it. We're in the next round of the Cup. It's an exciting draw the next round um we've got a point at ellen road which yes we probably should have got free but it's not a bad point we go into the walls of the everton game with a lot more confidence than we would have had previous and i think if we can get a couple of good results there maybe a draw against walls and a win against everton we're certainly on the right path to to turn this around well, at this point, I should say that I couldn't make the Brentford game because of a pre-agreed weekend away with the family at a location that had no internet, by the way, which in itself was lovely. But I didn't really get the full picture until I came back. And, you know, it's a strange one, X, because after reading all the comments and, and getting all the feedback from the game itself, I don't think I've ever been so disappointed after a win. And I've got to say... Are we seeing another Sam Allardyce scenario where the fans are ultimately going to force him out due to his style of play? And I want to, I want to kind of elaborate on that, X, and give you a sub-question in the sense that, yes, I, I, I agree, because I was there with you at Ellen Road against Leeds. I thought we were the better side. I thought we deserved to nick it, actually. And that was quite encouraging when you can say that after going to Leeds away, which is always, always a tough game. So there's definitely signs of encouragement there. Um, but... When you're talking about a manager that is so obsessed with a defensive style of play, um, the style of play which means so much to West Ham fans, because you look at uh, you know look at the West Ham way for example and everything that 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 means. Is he on a, a hiding to nothing here? Can he win, David Moyes? Because we see Sam Allardyce get three points against Hull, I think it was, and got booed off because of the style of play. So it seems now that history is repeating itself and the fans are doing the same to David Moyes. The, 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 yeah, I definitely get your question and your point. Um, I think there is a danger of that. I think too many people now need to be proven right that they were right that David Moyes is the wrong manager because the thing is with Twitter and 
other social media platforms and and life now people are so so uh what's the word they they they're, they voice their opinions so expressively and over so many places that if it's then wrong they have to they have to make a backtrack and people don't like doing that so they'd rather just hammer and hammer and hammer and ignore you know, perhaps that things are turning around. And I'm not saying they definitely are because these results have been convincing and, you know, arguably we should have won at, won at Leeds and performance at Brentford wasn't that impressive. But they were, at the end of the day, you would have probably taken them at the start of the week. And, and I think people just need to accept that at the moment, the start of football is not what we need to worry about. We need to get out of the position we are in the league, get a few wins together and try and make a cut run. Now, you know, of course... You know, if this style of football continues and people aren't happy with it, then then maybe we need to do what we do with Dice and look to change it. But we, but we did that. We did that. Vanadice, we looked to change it. And we brought in Bilic, who did change it for a year. But then, you know, you could argue he was massively helped by having someone like Paye. So he was able to change it because of the player he had. Um, and then he got the sack. And then Pellegrini got the sack. Um, you t- I just think, ultimately, we are, we've been in Europe twice. Now the excitement of winning in Europe, in some ways, can outweigh the fact that the game wasn't particularly that exciting. If that makes sense, that feeling against Seville, for example, when we beat them in the home leg, that I can't even remember whether West Ham played well or not that game. But all I remember is that buzz from from winning that game, and that's what we need at the moment. And I just think. The support was actually really good at Leeds and really good at Brentford. I think yeah. the West Ham fans that were there were really, really good. And obviously, I was at both games. I've only missed one game all season, so I can tell, like in Europe as well, I can speak from experience here. So, and I think the atmosphere was really, really good. And there was times, particularly against Leeds, where we were chanting for David Moyes. It's, it's actually the ones that go to the game that seem a bit more prepared to support. It's the ones that are sitting at home that seem to be more quick to fire negativity. Um, and I, I think it is a difficult situation for him to turn. And of course, you can't say he's turned it around yet. No way, not on two games. So we need to judge it in maybe three games, like two, at least two games time and see where we are then and then maybe make a decision um, again going forward. But for the time being, if you're a West Ham fan, you support your West Ham team. And so you want West Ham to win games regardless of who the manager is surely but I saw people say they'd rather we lost so that Moyes gets the sack I can't buy into that thought process well listen and and it's not massively comfortable for me to remind people of this but I said something very similar if not identical one to Slavin Bilic uh, and I got absolute pelters for it at the time but I still stand by why I said it because I was so desperate for change because I knew change had to happen that I would sacrifice a West Ham game if it meant that that would see the end of Slaven Bilic and a new manager would come in and take the football club forward. And and I can kind of see how this is slowly creeping up with David Moyes because the thing is, X, you know, he, 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 again, he hasn't started Ben Rama, which I think is strange because he's... For me, he's player of the year so far, Ben Rama, and he's been the best of a bad bunch, let's be honest. I mean, Deck's been good, but he hasn't been um, the Deck of a, of, a, of a previous season. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, he, 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 Moyes hasn't been able to get a tune out of Paqueta, uh, Skamaka, current players that were very important players to West Ham seem to have stopped playing for him. Jared Bowen, I don't know what's happened to him. Uh, Antonio um, and uh, Suchek. And I just think, I don't know. I, I look at it and I can't see how this is going to get any better. I can't see how he's going to claw his way out of this. And it's almost like with the results that he's had in the week, and you're right, it is a results-based business. It's almost like he's he's kept a stay of execution. And I don't necessarily agree with that. There is a separate argument and a separate debate is, well, okay, Dave, if we get rid of him tomorrow, who does come in? We've had that debate numerous amount of times and it continues in every household in East London every single day of the week. Moving that aside, because we're not paid to be the experts on who should come in. The problem that I've got, is that, yes, it's a results-based business. It is 100%. And if we was to play absolute diabolical football for 38 games in a Premier League season, but win 38 games and win the league, you'd be offering David Moyes a 10-year contract, in my eyes, because it's a results-based business and we're winning trophies. The problem is that's not reality. That's fantasy. 
So if we are playing badly and we're nicking a result, the likelihood is we'll play badly, nick a result, but then go on to lose the next three from playing badly. And the problem that we've got is I would rather someone else come in now and give us more of a chance of winning the FA Cup, winning the Conference League, rather than keep David Moyes and he he nicks the odd result, but then eventually and inevitably crashes out the FA Cup and the same with the Conference League. But why, why not make the change now? Should an expert within football or West Ham find the right manager to replace him? Well, this is what I mean, and that's the key question. Should they? And you look at the t- you look at teams that have replaced their manager. Southampton, they were out the relegation zone before they replaced their manager. They're now in the relegation zone, bottom of the league. Um, then you look at... Uh, well, they don't have the players we've got, though, X. No, maybe not, but they still thought that the manager being changed was the way to ter- was the way to turn it around. So regardless of whether they had the players or not that we have, they still believe by changing the manager, it would be a lot better for them. And then you look at Wolves. You know, Wolves are, are the same. You know, then you have everyone banging on the drum about two weeks ago. Look at Aston Villa. They got Unai Emery in and now they're turning it around. Well, he's just lost to Stephen Edge in the FA Cup. Now, of course, it's a one-off result. We all know that FA Cups can do that regardless of how and who the manager is and so on. But then you look at Leicester. There was calls for Brendan Rodgers to go constantly. Like it, was, it was like when he started the season, I think they lost the first maybe five, six, seven games and the keeper was at full constantly. There was calls for him to go. Now he's got them to the position that we're at. I mean, to be at sort of a steady mid-table at the moment. And then you look at Nottingham Forest. They had a big decision that he was struggling massively at the start, brought a load of new signings in like, like West Ham had, obviously a bit of an under the statement there. I mean, he brought him bloody 25 of them or whatever it was. Um, but the, anyway, they gave him a new contract and now Nottingham Forest are starting to turn it around. And, and you say, bring in the new guys and give him the chance to win the FA Cup. You know, it's it's all so hypothetical. How, how can you or anyone say the new guy is going to do better? You don't know that. But what you do know with David Moyes is that he's been there, done that and proven he can get West Ham into a good position um, in the past. Whereas no other manager has now, listen, if Graham Potter gets the sack at Chelsea, which you automatically you have to question a little bit because, you know, he's gone to a big club and ultimately been sacked within, like, three months or something, which does give you a few question marks as to whether he's the man to handle big big um, egos and big players um, and... Uh, and, you know, and, and be trusted because you would say that West Ham have got bigger players than Brighton. So it does beg that question. However, to, to contradict myself, if Graham Potter was to suddenly become available next week, of course, there'd be a massive temptation in my mind to say, look, David Moyes, you've done brilliantly for us, but we believe that he is a step ahead of you and will take us on to an, another level. I would be tempted by that move. But that's not happened yet, and it's still not even a proven formula. It's still not proven that he'd turn West Ham around because Chelsea sacked Tunchel. Tun- I always get his name wrong, Tuchel, who's, um, who everyone wants as West Ham manager to replace him with this Potter, and now they're going to bring Tuchel back in the first place. The Chelsea fans I was reading on Twitter and, and on the, their fans' forums, they now want the manager that they sacked back Who's to say West Ham on it in that situation in three months' time? So I think when you're on the back of a result this week that we've had, I think he has to be given, and I've said it before, but it now needs to be given the Wolves and the Everton game, a bare minimum, and see where we are at that. If we win both those games, that's three wins and a draw in the last four games. That's as, that's that's the form you'd expect a new manager to, to be able to bring to the squad. So you, so you have to... Give it that time, and then and then see. And, and yes, you might ultimately be too late, but the, but again, it's not confirmed that bringing a new manager in will change things. You know, these seven, eight players that there were signed for David Moyes. You know, they didn't sign for Potter or whoever else comes in. And yes, they might not be disappointed if he goes with hindsight, but they did. Mark Noble's now came in. Since Mark Noble's been in, we've got two good results. We've talked about how he's leaving was massive for West Ham, but he's back now and we haven't lost since since he's been here. I know it's a two games, but it's the two games he's been here for. Naive Agued, I thought he played very well against Leeds and very well against Brentford. Manager's not had him all season to pick. Kurt Zuma should be back for the... Um, 
um, Wolves game. That's your two centre-backs back then. And it leaves only Maxwell Cornet, who they're probably going to sign a replacement for now, out injured. And then you get a chance to see any club with their two best centre-backs not playing together all season would struggle. And I'm talking the, the very top. You know, if Arsenal was to lose Ben White... Um, whoever it is that plays alongside him, they would struggle. The same in Man City, the same as Liverpool did when Van Dijk was out. You know, I just think, I think I think he's bought two more games at least. And the fans, if you support West Ham, you need to hope that he wins those two games. And yes, by the end of the season, if there's still a call for him to go and it's still not where he should be, then you can address it then. But ultimately, he has to have these couple of games. I just think that he has to have a couple of games, has to have a couple of games, plays terribly, nicks a draw, has to have a couple of games. For me, it just feels like he's going through the motions. And you look at it, X, and the players are clearly not enjoying their football. You can see it's all written all over their faces. They're not enjoying their football. We spoke to someone on the phone who will remain nameless and said, and he made a really good point. You look at the media shots of them training, they look miserable. And they do. I think it's a really good point. And that's telling. You know, and if you look at the stats, when David Moyes came to West Ham, we were bottom of the league for everything in terms of making that transition from defence to attack, ground covered, work rate, everything that sports science has to offer, we were bottom. David Moyes got us to the top. Literally, that transition was incredible. Now... I think we're pretty much close to the bottom again, if not at the bottom. A negative style of play, the complete opposite to the West Ham way that everyone demands. Um, And I I don't know, mate. I I just think, I look at it, and I just think that coupled with borderline victimisation of arguably our best player this season, I, 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 I can't... I can't, I'm really struggling to make a case for him. And okay. like you, like you, I want us to win our next two games. I do. I want. I genuinely want him to turn this around. I just cannot see or believe how he's going to do it. Okay, well, but but why why are you um, saying that now on the back of a, of a win? You know, I know you've said it before, but the the ultimate thing is West Ham have just won a game of football. And yes, because, because my win. concern is, and this is what I said to you before. I'm I'm looking at the performance, right? The performance against Leeds wasn't too, wasn't bad actually. I'll I'll give him that. The performance against Leeds was quite refreshing, considering how tough that game was. Uh, I still thought, thought it was bizarre some of his substitutions in the game, but the performance was quite refreshing, and the result wasn't too bad. The Brentford game, I'm being told, was one of the worst games some of the fans have, have have ever seen until Ben Rama was brought on. Apparently, it was absolute dross. I mean, you were there, but yes, we nicked to win. But it just seems to me like. We, he is so obsessed with not conceding goals and so obsessed with the defensive element of the game that he focuses, like, for example, he seems to focus more on what an attacker can offer defensively than what they can going forward. And the reason I'm saying this, and, and again, to allude to an example I just gave, if we are, as fans now, expected to watch shit after shit after shit, like we did towards the end with Slavin Bilic, but win every game, then I'll take it. My problem is, X, I don't believe that we are going to be able to get away with keep playing shit and win. So for me, it's a stay of execution that he's nicking a result just to stay in the job for another couple of weeks that someone else could come in and inject some life and actually quite immediately, as we often see in football, start getting results, which would include a serious crack at that point at the Conference League and the FA Cup. Okay, that's a fair point, and I do understand what you're saying. You do inject life, usually, into a new team by having a new manager when the obvious candidate is out there to be appointed, which I don't think it is. And also, you say, give us a real crack at winning the Conference League. We had a 100% record in the Conference League under David Moyes. Because we played a load of shit, that's why. And soon you're going to stop playing a load of shit, and you are actually going to need a different style of play, a different way of thinking outside the box, uh, a different change in formation, getting more of a performance out of players than David Moyes is currently getting. Because you're going to get away with it like you did against Fireball. But he but he still won the game, so how could he have done the games any differently? He got 100% in the group stages. He and couldn't you... have done it any differently. And, and he has, on black and white, got a 100% record against yeah shit football clubs but okay. at some point in the knockout stages he will come across a side that isn't a load of shit and I would rather have a new manager in charge of that better standard of football club than David Moyes to have a better chance of winning the competition 
Okay, and then he got to the semi-finals last year. So we beat Seville, Leon um, in the knockout stages. Seville are a big team. Leon are a big team. So on evidence, the only thought, yeah, we didn't do very well at Frankfurt. But then you could you could argue the sending off of Cresswell and, and other factors didn't help him. But you're saying another manager will come in and do better. But the bar, the bar's pretty high for what he's set so far, anyway. And you know, you're, you're talking what he did about last season, yeah, not what not what he's done this. Season. Mate, he's got a hundred percent record this season, so it can't be bettered. So you're you're seriously giving him overwhelming plaudits for what he's done in the group stage of the conference league this season no, against the teams that he's played. No, I'm not giving him overwhelming plaudits, but he couldn't have done any better. What more could he have done? No, but he did what what was expected of him. Yeah, exactly. So that's quite the Roy Keane, that's his job. Yeah, <laughs> to beat the lesser teams in Europe, you know. Yeah, and he, and he did it. I mean, me and you could have taken charge of West Ham against the teams that we played and got a result. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not even sure if that's entirely true because you know, you look at you look at Belgium and Alex, and you know, and Alex are a, a, a good team. You know, okay, they're struggling a bit this year, and they're and they're not doing very well. I think they're mid table or something this year, but they are still a bigish team in Europe. And going to Romania with a load of kids and battering them is not is not an easy thing to do. Um, and you know, Viborg, um, not Viborg, Silkborg, um. Of, of, proved like challenging to other teams in the past and yes of course you expect West Ham to win those games 100% but he did do his job you said that's his job X and I can't even do an Irish accent as Roy Keane yes he did his job so so he can't complain about that and and yeah I look I, I'm not seeing him convinced but mate who are you bringing in as the manager then tell me but, 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 but then again this is what I'm saying who are you bringing in as manager is a separate debate I'm not paid the big money to make that decision. If we lost David Moyes tomorrow, then West Ham United wouldn't be saying, oh, well, there's no one else to bring in. Someone would come in and and no doubt do a better job. I'm still convinced that Bielsa would do a better job than David Moyes. And I think West Ham fans would enjoy his philosophy and his style of play. I I, I think he would be a better alternative to, to David Moyes. I would take him. And it's a realistic appointment as well. It's so not, he doesn't matter. The, the club won't take him, so that's why it's not realistic. I've already got this right. question. Okay, yeah. and, Sorry, and, you, and, you, and, did, you did cover that on Patreon, and I forgot. Yeah. You did. So, so it was realistic in the sense that he would come to West Ham. Why the club are not looking at him as an alternative, I don't know. You well, know it's not. Problem, it's so. not entirely realistic because we don't know if he'd come to West Ham because he's not been asked. He's been asked once before and turned us down. Um, yeah, that but, uh, a... so, yeah, but if you was a betting man, would you honestly say that Bielsa wouldn't come to West Ham? I mean, we had this almost laughable debate about the Celtic manager. Are you saying an out-of-work Bielsa, who took over Leeds United in the Championship, wouldn't come to West Ham in the Premier League? But, but you say we had this laughable debate about the Celtic manager. I got the answer. The answer was what, was what I said. So it wasn't laughable? Yeah, but then we were both on a call recently where that possibly has changed somewhat. Well, I don't think he said exactly what <laughs> that he would come this minute. I don't think he said that. I think he said he would come in the summer. That's what I alluded to. Um, and and I, and then also with Bill, so like, yeah, I think he probably would take it. I'm not going to deny that. I think he would, but we don't know. And we know, and but what we do know is that the board don't want him. So it is unrealistic. So then that's two of the rule okay. where, but what we where don't we know, What we don't know, because we're not, we're not part of the boardroom discussions as to who the options are. We don't know. All we can do as fans is speculate. And obviously you as an ITK will get certain snippets of information to give us a more accurate viewpoint. But my point is, and it's the same with signings. Again, you can speculate and say you want to come in and you don't want to come in. At the end of the day, we don't truly know. You know, I, I'm not an expert when it comes to European managers. But I, I absolutely outright refuse when you look at the long list of reasons why Moyes shouldn't be in charge at West Ham to accept that there is no one better out there. It's madness. I just cannot I cannot accept it. I can't I just can't begin to accept it. And I promise you, X, I I I, I do want David Moyes to turn this around. There's too much against him. He ain't so gonna when, do it. when are you gonna accept he has turned it around then? What does he have to do to get in your eyes for him to have turned it around? He needs to get these underperforming players performing again. And we are close to 20 games into a season now. Where's Jared Bowen? 
He was consistently a top, top, top player on the fringes of an England call-up. He's absolutely disappeared. I don't know what's happened to him. Thomas Suchek, hammer of the year. He's completely disappeared. Shufel disappeared. Antonio don't look like the same force going forward now. Ben Rama, arguably our best player. He don't, he don't even want to give him a game. And then when he does, he spends 30 seconds praising him because Ben Rama's just bought him two more games in the job but still can't resist fucking having a pop in at the end of the interview. That's bizarre. The players look miserable under his leadership. You look at the stats, went from bottom to top in all aspects of play. Now we're at the bottom again. That suggests that the dressing room is gone. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I, I, don't, know, I don't know when you're that entrenched in underperforming how you can turn it around. Well, there was a stat, and I can't remember the exact stat. One, one stat I can't remember, which is interesting, was that against Leeds, it was the first time we played a team without um, a player that played at Upton Park. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I know, that, I know that's not relevant to any argument, but it's an interesting thing to know because um, obviously Antonio didn't start, Cresswell didn't start, Noble wasn't there, um, Ogbonna didn't start. Is that everyone? Um Declan didn't play at Upton Park. So, mm. yeah, I think that was pretty... So, anyway, that's an interesting stat. But there was a stat that I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like we have the most pressure, closing pressure or something. I should have saved it. Um, I might, Mate, I might even have it on my phone from... So I think I can remember who sent it to me. Um, it, uh, that showed that against Leeds, we'd we'd um, done the most pressing... Oh, this is it, I think. Right, so it's called... Um, interesting and hopefully a promising site. Last night, we I don't even understand what actually telling me, but it's if you want to throw stats at things, then this is this is what last night with 6.89 PPDA, West Ham produced their most intense pressing performance. So this is this is the Leeds game since the 4 1 win over Aston Villa in October 2021. PPDA means passes per defensive action. So, how many passes a team allows the opponent before making a defensive action, i.e., a tackle? or an interception or a foul in attacking areas 40% of the pitch away from a team's own goal and forwards. So if you want to throw stats at turnaround, that stat there suggests that our defence is, is working a lot harder and closing and winning the balls a lot better. I thought Declan played uh, well against Brentford. I thought, yes, Ben Rama. I, I agree. His criticism of Ben Rama is bizarre and it's not what I would do. And you heard me say this on the Mad Dog podcast last week. So of course, I think it's a bit of a, an issue. I'd I do, but if you want to turn a, a flip an argument, then Ben Rama's having his best season he's ever had. And as you said, arguably our hammer of the year, could it be argued? And I'm not saying I even agree with my argument. It's worth saying, could it be argued? That's due to Moyes regularly saying he needs to do this. He needs to do that so that he's motivated to play well. And he's fired up every time he comes on. Roy Keane, um, who was it? Someone was telling us, both you and I, about um, how um, Alex Ferguson used to pick on Ryan Geeks every week because he knew that if he gave him a load of abuse, it would make him play better. He'd never answer back and it, and it would make him play better and other players play better because they'd think, well, he's been the better player. So if he's having a go at him, then I certainly need to raise my game. So you could really argue that now that he's in the contention for Hammer of the Year, maybe he's done the right thing. And actually, a couple of people that are in the know that work around the club, have said to me that people, not just Moyes, do feel disappointed because at the game, I don't know if it was shown on the highlights because I haven't watched them, but at the game, and don't get me wrong, I'm sitting here voting for Ben Rama's Hammer of the Year this season, so I'm speaking here as a fan, but at the end of the game, 
Bear in mind we were 1-0 up in the cup, so the obvious thing was to do is to hold it in the corner. The other thing was Gerard Bowen, I think it was, was breaking through to the left as well as whoever the other player was. I can't even remember who the other player was now, four hours maybe, I don't know, but there was another two to his right. There was three on two in West Ham's favour. There was also the corner flag to run in. Ben Rama tried to take on the, the one of the defenders, got tackled in the last minute, and Brentford went up the other end and had a, had a chance. Now, now, if that had been Antonio, which he'd done against Crystal Palace a couple of times, or another player, they'd done that, and the other team had scored, we'd be going absolutely mental because they should have had better game management. And that is arguably what Moyes was talking about. Now, as I said, I don't agree with him constantly singling out Ben Rama. I think it's wrong. I don't agree with Thomas Suchek playing every week, but I've said this about Thomas Suchek for the last two years. I was saying it when he was when at one Hammer of the Year. I didn't think he deserved to win Hammer of the Year. And everyone was like, oh, he's talking bollocks. Now everyone wants him out of the team. You know, so yeah, I think that, that well, he got my vote that year. I think he'd yeah. been a bit harsh towards that actual year. I think he did deserve it. Oh, he scored goals. But now, got... since then, he's been he's been dog shit. Like yeah. Jared Bowen has. Why doesn't David Moyes ever say anything about Jared Bowen publicly? In interviews? I don't know, but maybe he knows their mentalities better than we do. You know, the managers need to know individuals. When I was a manager, I used to deal with people different to, to the next person. Like some people, you knew if you tried to bollock them for doing something wrong, and we're quite full with them they'd be they'd shout back in your face they'd go mad and they'd cause you all sorts of issues and, and wouldn't learn from it so you have to handle them in a different way to how you'd handle someone that was perhaps a bit I don't know shyer and mild mannered and you'd sit them down and talk to them differently and maybe that's Moise's strategy I don't know Ben Rama, I don't know Sue Check, I don't know. Oh, I feel like I know him because of all the impressions you've done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Gerard Bowen. Um, so, so like, so I don't know what the best way to manage them is. But maybe Moyes does. You know, he's an experienced manager. Whatever you say about him, and yes, I, I've heard people criticise his man management, but he he probably has his strategies for it. I can't believe it's just a case of. I don't like people called Said. I prefer people called Jared. I don't like people, you know, I like Thomas, but I, don't, I think there's probably a logic to why he does it. Um, and whether we agree with that logic or not, that's that's probably why he does it. Suchek, I think, won Hammer of the Year because he scored goals. I always said if you took the goals away from him, then he wasn't a particularly good player. If he was five foot seven, he wouldn't be in the Premier League now. And I, and I stand by that, you know, and, I, and, and Moyes is c- consistent choice of picking him really really frustrates me however um you know that i i and i just don't i just think you, you go into the walls and everton see and see where we are if we lose both those games i i, I don't think there's that you can you, you can really go much further than that because yes we would have won against Britain in the cup but the league situation is going to be looking pretty dire but I don't think we are going to lose both those games I really don't and then if we get results in those games then we're on the pro- the process of turning it round and ultimately whoever you appoint as manager you want them to turn the situation around if the current manager is proving he's turning it around then you, there's no need to change but I can't make that official confirmation statement until I've seen the next two games. But I think he's got at least those now to try and turn it around. And the players are playing for him. That that can't... There's, there's one or two Am that I? aren't. The one or two that aren't, but the players still want him as manager. Okay, you might say they might not be playing for them because, yeah, there's people underperforming, but they, the majority the majority of the ones that matter anyway still want him as, as manager. Um, and, you know... Ultimately, that's wow. that's where we are. I think at the moment, and it's not ideal. And you know, I'm not sitting here completely buzzing with the situation. I'm not, you know. But I think, but you've got you, people have to consider the other point of view. You you can sit there to your blue in the face, going, "Moyes is our cunt. He's got to go. He's a fucking dinosaur." Yeah, yeah He's but the thing up. is, though, yeah, but you're you're saying it like there's no ground to people that have that opinion. No, I don't, that, that doesn't I do. make sense to me. No, there is because I'm of that opinion, and I, yeah, think, the, I think there's valid points as to why I'm of that. opinion. Of course, there is, and I agree with some of the valid points because I've said them myself, and that's why I'm only prepared to give him two more games. But on the flip side, if West, if I will accept, if more, if we lose the two next games, say or three or whatever, but certainly if we if we're not performing well against Wolves or Everton, we lose both games. I'll be all right. We're in a bad way now. We need to move on. But I but I'll be prepared to accept that 
the arm was out people ever prepared to accept that okay he might have been turning around now and actually maybe I was a bit hasty maybe I need to stick with him I, I don't know I, of course there'll be some but I'm just putting it out there that if the manager turns it around then that's what we want to happen it doesn't matter who that manager is we need to get out of this situation and then once we're out of this situation in the summer if we if he like stays that long take stock of whether it's been a good season or not and, and then make a decision there. if we if if he does turn it around enough to stay up ultimately for me now and I and maybe I'm a pessimist but ultimately for me now we need to stay out in this division 100% that has to be the priority and then underneath that we need to hope to have a good cup running in at least one of those cups okay but that's not essential the essential thing now is to stay up and just get out of this relegation battle and then restock in the summer and see where we are that's what I would say and at the moment you can't no one can deny you just said it at the start of the show that we've got two good results so whilst we've got two good results I think there's at least two more games to see if he can continue it yeah, I just feel a little bit uneasy about this this kind of two-game mentality. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you, to mention there that you, you say that the players still want him as manager, you know, you know more than I do in that respect. But to say that surprises me is a bit of an understatement because you've got Skamaka that's come to West Ham and cannot get the service. You said yourself, the crossing alone is dog shit at West Ham. Mm-hmm. And you look at his height and his ability in the air, we're just not playing to his strengths. So is he over the moon um, with uh, with Moyes in charge? You've got Jared Bowen, who has just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. He's not the player that he once was. Never looks happy either. Um, so, you know, how much is he enjoying his football under David Moyes? Paqueta is wondering what the fuck he's just signed for because we just cannot play to his strengths and continue to not. Ben Rama, I agree, our best player so far this season. Is he is he happy with constantly being dug out? You've made a, in my opinion, unconvincing point as to how that could potentially be motivating him, which also includes the fact that his English ain't up to scratch. Can't see where the motivation would come from that one. Is he overly happy to scratch? So. Well apparently David Moyes had a pop of the fact that his English weren't as good as it should have been. All right, sorry. I thought you were saying David. I thought you were saying Ben Rama wouldn't understand what he was saying. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. And then you've got okay. someone like Flynn Downs, who's who's got all the enthusiasm in the world to to have signed for his boyhood club, the club that him and his family absolutely adore, and he would give blood, sweat, and tears to play for that football club. Just the mentality you need when you've lost Mark Noble. Just the mentality you need when you've got to dig in when the chips are down. And he can't get a game over an underperforming Thomas Suchek, despite the fact that when Flynn has come in, he's done really well. So is he over the moon with David Moyes? So you say about the majority of the players, at least the important ones, are happy. I can't, I can't, I can't buy that. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I cannot for one second see why they would be happy playing for him. Okay, well that's 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 your opinion, but that they obviously don't they work with him day in, day out and they have done and they've got been standing on the pitch at Leon where we've just won three new and the fans are saying we've got yeah, super that's, X, that's last season. That's it's last only, season. It's a cutthroat business. It's it's it is we're now twenty games close to into okay. the season. Right. So so you're you're you would really, really want Graham Potter as manager, yeah? Actually, which I actually would certainly consider, yeah. I would, I'm at a stage now where I genuinely believe that there are pretty much, pretty much any top level manager could come in and do a better job than David Moyes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you, anyway, everyone, everyone's talking about Potter and, you know, I'm not going to slag them off because I can totally understand why. And I would be tempted myself. Okay. I would be, but we're, but we're here. We're talking about a manager that, yes, has done brilliantly at Brighton, but we're not allowed to refer to what they've done last season because we've we've already established we can't do that with David Moyes. So oh, I, season... I agree with Graham Potter. There are there are question marks. There are question marks okay. because with Chelsea, it's been it's been a disaster. And actually, in the in my notes with this podcast here, one of my questions to you was, is that was going to be, is he the answer to our prayers after failing so disastrously so far at Chelsea? Because I think you could argue that um, Graham Potter has a bit of an issue managing egos. It's different mm. with Brighton. The egos in the Brighton dressing room, it's a hell of a lot different with Chelsea. And exactly. we've got our own at West Ham. So I think that is a fair argument. Mm. Do, when all When everything is said and done, do I believe that Graham Potter, despite that, could come in at West Ham and do a better job than David Moyes? 
whilst I'm not overwhelmingly convinced, I do think he could do, yeah. Yeah, well, well, I, I, I actually, like I said at the start of the show, would be tempted to bring him in. So that, so I'm slightly contradicting myself. But the point I'm trying to make is that, that you know, people are saying you can't judge David Moyes on last season, but you, any manager that you'd be bringing in, you'd be judging on their last season because you wouldn't know what they have achieved this season because they're either out of work or they're probably leaving their job because they didn't perform. Given the fact that the names that West Ham fans are talking about, of course, there'd be some managers like maybe Michael Carrick or Vincent Company or the Celtic manager who um, who you would be judging on this season and they are performing because they'd walk out of a performing side. But the majority of the managers that West Ham fans have been clamouring for would be judged on what they've achieved in the past. And actually this season their their success record is similar to, to David Moyes' if not worse because they got sacked. So... I think the argument, you know, what he did in the past has to be completely dismissed. I don't think that's fair, personally. I mean, you completely can't... dismissed, but I don't think we should we should put our current season at risk because of what he done last season. You know, people like Jose Mourinho, who's regarded as one of the best managers of all time, has been sacked um, on more than one occasion because of what he's doing in the here and now. He isn't good enough. Ranieri won the Premier League with Leicester fucking City. And got sacked. There yeah. are times where managers, despite what they've achieved, they just go stale. And, 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 have, and, and got close, have Leicester got close to winning the league since um, they sat Ranieri? Have Tottenham got any better since they sat Mourinho? Have have Chelsea? Have Manchester United? You know, this is what I'm saying. So you can sack managers because teams have got stale, but ultimately have have these teams improved. There's not many teams recently that I would say that have sat the manager and got a lot better. What you've got to consider, Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal did. They sacked Unai Emery, which is the one that everyone wanted. They sacked, they, all their fans are clamouring to sack um, Arteta and now because they stuck with Arteta they're, they're potentially winning the league you know is Guardiola doing a good job at Man City with the money he has to spend on, on players could you could you say there's calls to sack Guardiola you know with the, the way they're performing they should be walking the league really particularly when they've just bought arguably the best striker in the world to better themselves even more than what they were last year and then you look at Liverpool should Liverpool be sacking Klopp at the moment you know they've had a much weaker season this season than they've, than they've ever had. You know, they're sixth in the league, Liverpool. Nearly, and probably should have if VAR, the decision had gone the right way, and a weekend been knocked out of the cup by Wolves. You know, you got Chelsea sitting in 10th in the league, just been battered 4-0 by Man City. Should they be sacking their manager? You know, where, where, where does it stop? You know, like, I think the, the, team, the teams are all, you know, Forest, as I said, people were like laughing at Steve Cooper. They're out the relegation zone now. You know, Everton, do they sack Lampard? Because they're, you know, they they had Benitez, they sacked him. Lampard kept them up, and they were all celebrating them keeping up. And now Everton are in the relegation zone. Do they sack him? Wolves are sitting nineteenth with a new manager. Do they sack their manager? They nearly got knocked out of the FA Cup as well. Yeah, albeit to Liverpool, but nearly did get knocked out of it. And Southampton now sit bottom of the league with a new manager. So do they now sack their new manager? So, so my point is, like, the answer isn't always just sack the manager and things get better. I don't necessarily believe they will. You know, Nor- Norwich have, have have sacked their manager last year. The, the, I forgot his name, Farker, and they just won a game. They just I can't remember who it was. You know, Brentford, ironically. They just won a game. They He was, you know, he's the one that got them promoted, had done really well, had, had redeveloped their recruitment, had, had brought in a load of new players that were young and that was going to be developed. They sacked him, got Dean Smith in. They got relegated. They had him this season, their new manager that was going to keep them up, and they've sacked him again So because he, because he didn't do the job. They've now brought in the guy... There was Huddersfield's manager when they were in the Premier League, um, and, and Huddersfield sacked him, and now Huddersfield are bottom of the Championship. So this solution that right sacked the manager, if it's going to get better, is very hypothetical. Yes, it does work in some circumstances, and when it's at the point where I believe there's literally no more boys can do to do anything, which I think would be on the back of two defeats against Wolves and Everton, which I don't think we will get because you can, I mean, and if we do, he should go because Wolves are one from bottom and Everton are just about. But why has that suddenly changed? 
change then? This this powerful argument that you're putting together, why does that change on the back of two more games when there would still be 18 more games to play? Because at that point, I would think if you, you know, we, we've lost to Wolves and Everton, we would be in the relegation zone. At that point, we'd be quite away. We'd be a few points below where we should be. And it would make me think we're not in a in a... Like we're in a bad way now going into February, but I don't think he will lose those games. So this is why if you if you're gonna make a change, I mean you give him those two games, see where we are, the new guy comes in in February. But to to get rid of him now, which everyone still wants, I don't think he's the right decision right now. I think you just need to see what these two games are. If he can win both of them, mate, the the, the season suddenly looks completely different. You know, not completely different, but it certainly looks a hell of a lot better. You add six points to our total of fifteen, and this is obviously not knowing what other teams are going to do but you could be pretty confident that we'll be sitting 13th in the league not far off the sort of middle table teams in the next round of the FA Cup and in the next round of the Conference League and then suddenly it looks different again and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, I just think you've, you've and I've always I, I, maintained. I, I wish I shared your optimism. I really do. But the thing is, you, you, and you make a solid case for all of the teams that you've mentioned that have sacked their managers. But um, you know, you, yeah. But then again, you look in the past at all the teams that that have and the impact that that has then carried forward. So it's circumstantial to each and every individual team. I mean, if you look at West Ham, for example, and I don't know if you'd argue this, but outside of the top ten. I don't think there's a there's a team better than West Ham on paper. Yet we are in the relegation zone, only separated by goal difference. And okay. That is a massive underachievement. But, I mean, you talk about that defensive stat at, at Leeds. I mean, that's fantastic. What's it been like for the rest of the season? And what's the defensive stat like going forward? How many goals have we got? How many assists have we got? Yeah, that's what you games, and he just sets up to not lose. But that's what you need to find out. We've already, as I said, that stat proves that we've turned it around as our best defensive performance. I mean, we still conceded two goals, ironically, but our best defensive performance in some respects since when we were at a peak of our game. So that's a good thing to look at. But what what I'm saying is, as well, mate, before before we recently we had a debate of how long Moyes should should have, and it was only two or three weeks ago when you were on the same page as me before we'd returned after the Christmas break, and you. You said you're going to write off the Arsenal game because of our uh, Arsenal doing so well, which we've done and we lost, so it's written off. And then you said we take it from there. We got a draw at Leeds, and you you yourself said that was a good result. Respect the point, and we've beaten Brentford in the cup. So so why now is suddenly things that much worse than? What, so are you accusing before? me of jumping on some sort of bandwagon? And is that what you're alluding to? No, I'm just accusing well, you of maybe changing your goalposts. No, I, 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 well, I have changed a goalpost and there's a reason for it. I was prepared to write off Arsenal completely and despite the fact that we were 1-0 up at half-time, I thought the manner of the defeat was was quite alarming. And then we go into the Brentford game and I, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And so I started to think, because at different times with different people, the penny drops right? The penny mm. dropped for me sooner than I expected it to. And the reason it was sooner than I expected it to is because I want David Moyes to do well. I genuinely, I'm not one of these people that you keep going on about that that they only want David Moyes to fail to prove their point right. I'm not one of those people. I like David Moyes and I'm very thankful for this, the, the couple of seasons that he's given us. But when you look at the list as long as my arm as to why things are not right with David Moyes, and the season just not getting any better. It's a real concern for me. I don't believe he's going to turn this around. So if we beat if we beat Wolves next week, I mean to be honest with you, I would take a draw. I'll be honest with you, but let's just say we beat Wolves next week. What are you going to be saying after that? Well, because again, to to look at the point I made previously, right? If we are playing shit football and negative football and setting up to purely not concede. But we nick a win. Brilliant. But for the long term, and I mean the future and the future of this season, how many times are we going to keep getting away with that? Because at the end of the day, we could go, we could get battered by Wolves and win 1-0, right? Brilliant. Fantastic. But then we could get battered at home by Everton and lose 1-0. So at what point are we going to stop accepting treading water above the relegation zone? The, 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 The football shit... There's no, there's no enjoyment in watching West Ham anymore. The players look miserable. I don't think, I don't think the stats are, 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 are glamorous at all from what I've seen. Yes, there are some certain counter arguments. We haven't had a Guerd and he's come back and looks really good. Colney's been injured. You know, 
not being funny. Maybe that should have been looked at a bit closer in terms of his medical record. I don't know. That's another argument you can have. The well, big, that's the that's Will Sorthouse. That's Will Sorthouse, and, and and he it being one of his players. Uh, so that, that's the issue there. But why should that make a difference in terms of how closely we look at his medical then? Well, no, because I'm alluding to the fact that that might not have been David Moyes. That one, because he's a Will Sorthouse player. Which oh, you signed... think he might not have signed him? You think that, mm. that could have mm. come from the board? Yeah. Right, okay. No, fair enough. That, that's fair enough. If that is the case, then, then, um, then fair play. But then at the same time, the players that he has signed off on, he can't get a tune out of them. You can't no, get but they're starting to play better. But Quetta, if you well, look at our man... fucking of... awful against Brentford, apparently. I mean, I didn't see no, it. But... I mean, no, I mean, it depends. Again, it depends on your opinion because the fan base is so split. I actually didn't think... I thought he played okay. I wouldn't say he was amazing. I wouldn't say he was awful. I thought he was okay. But if you look at the mouth of the match... Poll on Patreon, which had almost a thousand votes. Now, yes, Ben Rama smashed it because, you know, he's the man at the moment. He scored the goal, obviously, and he changed the game. But in second place was Paqueta. Paqueta got man of the match against Leeds. So you can argue that he's now had two good games. Skabek has scored against Leeds, but obviously didn't play against Brentford. Um, Aguered has had two good games. So the signings that are seem like they might actually be coming, coming, coming into form now. So, so that's a, a thing that you could that you could possibly say, um, and and you know, I just you know, the, the thing is, you, there are a lot a lot of negatives that you could throw at the manager, definitely. But at the end of the day, it is it's the result at the moment. We're not in a position to think whether we play well or not, and whether we have you know great performances from this player or, the, or not. We need to just get results and get out of the league, and and also to to remember that West Ham have always been like this. You know, it's not like me and you are sitting here having supported the club for as long as we both have uh, um, and had continuous years of success in our history. In our history, we're lucky to get two good seasons in a row. And I'm not saying it should always be that way because we've moved to a big stadium. we spent yeah, a lot of exactly. money. We've been made promises. But at the end of the day, if this season, this season isn't over yet, you know, if it does take, and I know it's not been a, a good start, but we're not even halfway through when you include all the European games and the FA Cup potentially. And, and you know, we're, we're still out the relegation zone. Yes, albeit by goal difference, and we're still in the two cups. So the season's not like we're seeing bottom of the league cut adrift by 15 points or whatever. You know, the season is still there and it's three or four games to turn around. And I believe on the back of, of the fact that we, he's proven that he can bring success to West Ham, he's allowed two more games to turn it around and, and see where we are. That That's what I'm trying to say. And I think football and life in, it, in itself is very very reactionary at the moment of it in all aspects of life 18 games though X there's reactionary and then there's a, a trail of fault isn't there you know <laughs> I wasn't saying what I was saying after 10 games you know this is a this is the halfway point of a Premier League season and so we are in all... the fucking relegation zone joint on points I mean it's unbelievable when you look at the players that we've got is that all that the manager's allowed now then? Six months? It's not even six months. You know, it's, it's, all, it's August to, to and take out, you know, it's 19 games, whatever, plus the European games. Is that all the manager's allowed now? Well, yeah, Half but some would, argue, some would argue that this goes back a, a hell of a lot further. I mean, than, they would, yeah. They would, you know, so, they... And also, it's, it's not as if we're playing good football when we're unlucky and we're having a go and it's attacking, it's exciting and we're just losing the odd game here and there. It's overall, it's bad. In 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 what seems to be every aspect at the moment is bad. I mean, I put the question to you. Move last season aside. Let's talk about this season, the here and now, the David Moyes of today, right? The ninth of January. Tell me why he is such a good manager, and why uh, and what key attributes he brings to West Ham that is going to see him turn this around and make a success of this club. But you'll tell me I'm not allowed to use the things that I want to use. No, because I said, because you're you're living in the past. 
I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to talk, well, you know, he took us to a European, and that's fantastic. I'm talking about He's now. an experienced manager. Like, you, you, you can't, but it's such an irrelevant argument because you can, you can say, right, will you tell me what Potter's done for the club this season or done for Chelsea this season? You can't tell me anything. No, nothing. He's underperformed. Exactly. He's underperformed in that but job. People, but people want him as the manager. All I will say is that the last two games he was given to turn things around, and you said it at the start of the show, a draw against Leeds and a win at Brentford in the Cup are good results. They are, but it's a stay of execution. And I think we're, both parties are wasting their time by nicking these odd so results. So why give him a stay of execution then? Exactly. That's my fucking argument. Oh, we he, shouldn't shouldn't have, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have been in charge of the last two games. He should have gone before the World Cup then, if that's the case. If he, if it yeah. does, if it literally doesn't matter what he does now, he's got to go. No, it's, yeah, no it's, not, it's not that though, is it? If suddenly I see the players are rejuvenated and they do look like they're enjoying their football and he does stop digging people out publicly and, and, and our stats do improve in terms of you know the, the work rate and effort and we do start getting results and we, we don't just obsess over the defensive element of play. We, we concentrate on the attacking element and we're exciting to watch again and the philosophy changes and we get the results that we want to see and he gets the current underperforming players performing again like your Jared Bowens, like your Antonios, like your Suchek's, like your Schufels and he does get a tune out of the new signings that he spent £180 million on. If collectively all of those things change, I'm over the moon because I want him to stay but I just can't see him changing that. I can't see him getting out of it. So why waste fucking time when going into Feb, we've got a nightmare worth of fixtures. And then if we, if we have a nightmare in Feb and we go into March, then I'm seriously going to start to worry. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I'd love it if you turned this around. I swear, my mother's eyesight. I'd love it. Okay. I just well, can't see him doing it. Okay. Well, at the end of the day, no disrespect and no disrespect to, to you and to the millions and millions and millions of people that seem to think the same way as you. Your opinion doesn't matter because ultimately, that's right. He's the he he is going to be the manager for the next two games, barring an absolute disaster against Wolves. Um, he's going to be the manager for the next two games, so it's, it's almost irrelevant. And at the end of the day, we're all West Ham fans, and we want the best for West Ham. Surely, so we should be supporting David Moyes and the team against Wolves uh, and Everton, and hopefully we have get... been though. I oh, we have. He's yeah, had we have. that support. To be fair, not not from all fans, but from uh, certainly the people that were at the away last away games. You. you can't deny the atmosphere yeah. was really good at those games. I would say there's some fans, and you've said it yourself, that thrive in West Ham, not doing well. So oh, for sure. Those, Without but not those fans. But yes, yeah, certainly the atmospheres of the last two away games have been very good. Um, uh, admittedly, the one against Brentford was large. You see inside Ben Rama's name, but it was still a good, it was still a good atmosphere. Um, and Craig Dawson's name as well. But I, I am. Um, I think that ultimately, as I said, your opinion doesn't count. My opinion doesn't count. The bottom line is he's he's going to be the manager for the next two games. So again, it's it's slightly annoying because it's, it's hypothetical because you could say that like, if he does lose the two games, you know, and I'm saying he needs to go. There's no there's no way of proving had Graham Potter or whoever the manager Bielsa whoever came in that he would have won those two games. It's all so hypothetical. It's also opinions, and and that's the beauty of what football is, and why we have this show, and why people listen to it, and hopefully agree with the debate we had. But there's there's no way of almost proving who was right or who was wrong. The bottom line is David Moyes is going to be the manager for at least the next two games. I think the board want him to stay for the season and beyond but so the two games is I would say is a minimum um, and he um, and he may be here for years and years and years and years and ultimately the only thing West Ham fans can do is you either sit there and moan and moan and moan and, moan and create negativity and want boys out and because you think that's a bigger picture where you get behind the team and you support the team and hope that Moyes turns it around and I think the latter is what we're going to have to do and whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing that's what's going to happen so that's what you need. That's the situation, and we can debate it till the cows come home. You know, I think the the for me, there's things that are massively questionable. You know, the the as I said, the constant choice of Suchek. I've said it constantly for for years, and and I, I'm, mate, I've taken so much stick for that opinion, but now every everyone says it. I, I, you know, some of the things I've said about other players. 
But Hilaire, I called that from the very, very start and took so much shit about that. And then people started to, to believe it. So, you know, it's all opinions at, at the end of the day. And ultimately, you, you, you have to just um, accept that this is where the situation is. And hopefully West Ham will turn it around. And and, and if they do, we, uh, we can get at this league form going. That will then spill into hopefully a good cup run. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be sitting here saying, wow, how well did Damon Moyes do? to turn it around and as much as people don't want to think that that's ultimately what everyone should be hoping for because if he turns it around now then West Ham have had a good season and that's what as a West Ham fan he should be wanting How much of a difference should this window be making in your opinion? Do you think a a couple of players coming in could change his fortunes or do you think that that would just be adding fuel to the fire in terms of even more spend. I mean, do, do, you, do you think that's needed? Do you think it's just a case of him being given that time and turning around what is a, a really good current group of players? I mean, that's a good question. I think definitely the, a massive thing for me, as I've alluded to again for the last few weeks, is Aguero and Zuma coming back. For me, that is a great partnership. They speak the same language, which is English. So in terms of communication, I think that's, that's a, a real strength. Um, they both... Um, they both complement each other's game. Aguerd is quick and pacey and good on the ball um, and good in the air. Zuma's good in the air, but he's strong and he's powerful and um, he gets stuck in and stuff. I think the two of them will complement each other massively. Remember, Moyes wanted ideally to play um, three, at, three at the back, three centre-backs and two wing-backs, which is what he played against Brentford and we won. Now, if he could get a centre-back free of... I guess, Dawson, Zuma, and Aguered. For me, that is so solid. That's what you want there. Um, So I think that's a massive thing. I think if he can get in, maybe arguably one more centre-back so that the option is there to play free, and you're not relying on putting Cresswell there or Johnson that we have done this season. Um, And if I think we could get one or two more attacking players, I think it will be beneficial. But they have to, for me, they need to be low. I think the loan market's important, and I'll talk about this in my section, but I think the loss of Cornet is massive. He's left-sided. You know, left-sided attacking player that came on and, you know, you saw the impact he could have against Chelsea, for example, when he scored that goal. And we've not had that impact at all. So I think you need to replace him. And I think with Antonio not being on complete on his game and Skamaka, again, not completely at the moment and picking up knocks here and there, I think you need to maybe look for another forward. But the, but the players should be brought in. And I think, I think loans would be really important because the players then have to prove themselves. If they don't work out, they can be moved on. And also the current squad players can think, well, as long as I play well and, and keep them out of the team, this guy's going to be good at the end of the season. So it gives them an incentive as well. So as much as people knock the loan market, I actually think the loan market now could be very beneficial for us. Mm. And as you rightfully said, this game is about opinions. And for everyone listening to this show, make sure you give us your opinion. Right, okay, let's go to X to see what he has to say this week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.